You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. I am Seth Peterson. I am D.P. Hedren. I'm Rhonda Schwartz. I'm Doris Roberts. This is Jesslyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webster. Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Backstreet Boys. Hi, this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. And you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talkin' Pets with John Patch. Hello, America, and welcome to Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talkin' Pets, heard coast-to-coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talkin' Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us is animal expert, Barry Siebold. Here to answer your medical questions and your behavior questions about your pets at 877-807-4048. When you call into that number, you'll speak with Justin, and he'll put you on the line with us. That's 877-807-4048. The show is produced in studio by the ever-so-lovely Mr. Stephen Bordwick. Hey, John. Hey, Stephen. Just love when you call me lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. You, you are lovely. Thank you. So are you. Thank you. Barry, you're okay. <laughs> the show is brought to you in part by Earth Friendly Natural Pet, the number one stain and odor remover in the country. That's Earth Friendly. We have a special guest joining us, a dear friend, an author of many books out there, one of my favorites in the world, actually. But Jeffrey Mason is going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about his new book. It's called Beasts. And we're going to be giving away a couple of the books as well, and I highly recommend this book. So make sure you write the number down, 877-807-4048. Well, once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Seabold. And I'm Stephen Bordwick. And you're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I love that song. It's a great song, isn't it? It is. It was a great song until you guys started singing it. I, he Never. was singing. I wasn't. I was lip syncing. He was singing. And he I he was it. doing Britney Spears. I was actually doing Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Well, um, all right. Whatever. We'll go with that. Hey. It is a great song, though. It, it is. is. Wouldn't you rather live like an animal than like a human? Sometimes, yeah. I would like to live like my dogs. Because when I leave for work in the morning, they're on the couch. And when I come home, they're they're still on the couch. (laughs) My cats are the same way. If you walk into the room and they're on the couch and it's just like sprawled out. I have to hold a mirror underneath their nose and make sure they're still breathing. I walked in there before and Snowy's in there. The male cat is licking himself. I'm like, boy, you're having a good time all by yourself, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going to comment. It's a party of one and he's content. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> and here we go already. Hey, but Jeffrey Mason actually is an ex-psychoanalyst and former director of uh, Freud Archives. He is the author of numerous best-selling books on animal emotions, including one of my favorite books in the world, When Elephants Weep, and also Dogs Never Lie About Love. He lives in New Zealand with his family. His website is www.jeffreymason.com. I want to welcome on to the program a dear friend and a great guy, the author of Beasts, Mr. Jeffrey Mason. Hey, Jeffrey, how you doing? Hi, John. Nice to be back on the show. It's nice to have you back. It's great to have you back, actually. You know, I'm, a, I'm one of your you. biggest fans. Not that I'm going to come stalk you or anything, but I do know where you live. <laughs> He's going to stalk you. Take that, take that as a warning. He will stalk you. We live on a beach, and right I'm now we're swimming every day 10 feet from our house. You'd love it, John. Oh, I know. I, I, now I'm going to stalk you more. You're anytime. Well, if you're that close to the beach, I'm going to stalk you. <laughs> and I might be right behind them both. Well, this is the gang, Jeffrey. Uh, Barry Siebold, actually. How's it going? Great. And also, then you all come. And also, Stefan, Stefan Bordwick, our producer. Hi, Jeffrey. How you doing? Hi, Stefan. Yeah, I know the last time we talked, actually, uh, was when, right around the time, I think, when that I called you, I got worried that made sure everything was okay out there. I didn't know if you were in that area or not. No, we weren't. But yes, that's right. Yeah, no, we're fine. How many books have you written now, Jeffrey? Well, this will be my 29th book. Too many, John. Wow. There can never be too many when you write like you do. I haven't been allowed to have my say. I definitely had my say on all kinds of different topics. You, you definitely have. And, and like I said earlier uh, when I introduced you, When Elephants Weep will always be one of my favorite books in the world. Well, it's, thank it's you. That's mine. Phenomenal. It, yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal book. I recommend of the it. books I've written, not of any book, just of the books I've written, yes. Well, everybody, every time I get a chance to talk about it, you're, that book, I still recommend it to this day and uh, yeah, to everybody. It still sells. It's amazing. It's sold almost a million copies now. Yeah, no, it's it, it, it's a great book, and, and now this is going to be another one, because I'll tell you, I think the world has gone astray, um, the human world, that is, and your book, Beasts, actually has a lot to say about that. It says, uh, what animals can teach us about the origins of good and evil, and um, I think they can teach us a lot if we pay attention to them, right? That's what I believe. You know, I find it interesting, and one of the things that you said, sharks, orcas, big cats, and other fearsome predators are not nearly as aggressive as humans. Very true. Yes. I mean, the only reason they're ever aggressive is either to defend themselves or when they're looking for food. Otherwise, they don't, they don't do things like hunt for fun, for example, ever. Well, we know um, actually a, a recent movie that came out, Purge. I don't know if you've ever seen that, Jeffrey, but it was like one day out of the year where people can go out and kill anyone they please for a matter of really? several I never hours. Really, that. Yeah, it came out like last year or two years ago. Now there's another one coming out this year, but that's what it's called. It's Purge, and you know Hollywood is taking kind of the aspect of like people killing people all the time. But this movie was just very bizarre. But it, it was like people bizarre. going out and killing them. To me. Yeah, it was. It was like people going out and killing people for revenge, or they didn't like their boss, or you know for whatever reasons. And I'll, do you find I'll make that? Sure, I missed that movie. Now you see, <laughs> you yeah. wouldn't find anything like that in the natural world. No, I agree. I mean, look, John, consider the fact that in the 20th century alone, we've killed 200 million of our fellow humans. And if you contrast that with the the animal that I find the most extraordinary on our planet, the orca, otherwise known as the killer whale, 
I learned and discovered, really, because it's not a well-known fact. It deserves to be very well-known. Orcas have never killed another orca in the wild as far as any researcher knows. But we all know that humans have killed, like you just said, many humans, whether in war or not in war. I mean, just Well, that's your... right. I mean, that 200 million is probably just war. If you consider everything else that causes death, it's probably double that. Right. And it's just beyond, beyond comprehension. But why, why is that, though? Why do you think, I mean, why is it that human well, beings feel that they ideas. have to have I war? I think it's, it's because we stop being animals. You know, it's, uh, I mean, the reason I called it beast is because that's so often an insult. Oh, he's just a beast, or he's an animal. And uh, I saw in the New York Times that they said, they're behaving like wolves. And I thought, gee, I wish humans did behave like wolves. Uh, wolves make great fathers, and, you know, they love one another, and... Well, they're like, more like dogs, and we know, you and I know how much we love dogs. Mm-hmm. But I think humans have gotten away from that natural behavior, and it, had, it started really about 10,000 years ago when we started to domesticate animals and we started agriculture. Our health suffered, we became greedy, we wanted more property. Um, the idea for slavery, for example comes from animal domestication. And if you think about it, the only reason we domesticated animals, apart from two dogs and cats who domesticated us, but in every other case, we were just wanting to exploit them, whether for their, you know, if you think of sheep and goats and cows and chickens and pigs, the only reason they're there is so that we can take their eggs, their babies, their milk, their fur, uh, their flesh. We're just exploiting them. Jeffrey, and hold I think on to that. That led to greed, and it coarsened us as a species. Hold on to that thought. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back with Jeffrey Mason. We're talking about his book. It's called Beasts, and uh, we're going to give away a copy of the book right now. So the first call to come in eight seven seven eight zero seven four zero four eight. The book is yours. Compliments of Jeffrey Mason, and of course, talking pets. It's called Beasts. It's out. You can get it right now. But call right now. First call to come in to Justin at eight seven seven eight zero seven four zero four eight. That's a toll-free telephone number, 877-807-4048. The book is yours. Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Siebold. And I'm Stephen Bordwick. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail-wagging, fur-flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off and free shipping. From Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And 
And once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. The number to call is 877-807-4048. We're giving away a copy of Jeffrey Mason's book called Beasts. If you call, the book is yours. 877-807-4048. Call right now. 877-807-4048. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Siebold. And I'm Stephen Bordwick. And we're speaking with Jeffrey Mason, the author of Beasts. And once again, you can find the... Jeffrey, you can find the book, I would imagine, online and in bookstores, right? All over. I don't mean for me, but... It's on my website, Amazon, everywhere. Yeah, it just came out on the 3rd, so it's readily available everywhere now. And you can also, like you said, find it at jeffreymason.com. That's jeffreymason.com. If you want to go on to his website, jeffreymason.com. And it's put up by Bloomsbury Press? Yes. Okay. And again, you can find it in bookstores and find it online. But like I said, if you call right now, a copy of the book is yours. Compliments of Jeffrey and Talking Pets, 877-807-4048. You know, when we were talking about movies and stuff, Jeffrey, there was a movie that um, has been remade several times in several versions. And now, now there's a second part coming out to the one that they just brought out about two years ago uh, called Planet of the Apes. And right. these, these apes actually became human-like. And in the one that was just out in theaters two years ago... Um, now it looks like what's going to happen in this version coming out this year is war. And huh. now now the Hollywood and the film industry is giving the mentality of humans, like you said, 200 million people killed by war and all, they're giving that now to the animals in, in films. What yeah, do you think about that? I think that's a real displacement, you know? It's, a, it's called in psychological terms reversal. We're the ones that go to war. The only animal that engages in anything remotely resembling that are ants, from which we can learn nothing, and chimpanzees, who are our relatives, but at the same time, bonobos are our even closer relatives genetically, and they not only don't go to war, they never fight amongst themselves at all. They have zero aggression. They don't kill other animals. They don't fight with one another. They're amazing. They're also called pygmy chimps, but they're not really. They're a separate species known as bonobos. Well, it seems like not only them, but I was flim- I was flipping through the book during the break, and um, chapter four, you read you uh, write about cruelty, and yes. if I could just re- read one line, it says, "If we define cruelty as a will willful imposition of suffering when it is unnecessary, there are very few examples of cruelty in the wild." That's right. Why do you think that is? Well, that's a good question. Why, why are they less cruel than we are? I mean, the concept of cruelty probably doesn't exist because the only time they kill, even, I mean, consider it's that food. 90% yeah. of um, mammals are herbivores. They don't kill at all. You know, you, what we call them mm-hmm. charismatic megafauna, like gorillas and giraffes and hippopotamus, uh, elephants, of course, the best example. These are all vegetarians or actually vegan. They only eat plant material. They never uh, kill other animals. They would have no reason to. The other animals, the 10% of carnivores who do kill, they kill for one reason and one reason only, and that is to eat. So you don't have to be cruel to kill to eat for them. And they don't have a choice. They are what we call obligate carnivores. That is, they're obliged to be carnivores because of the digestive system. And as you realize, no animal, not one except the human animal, chooses the diet. They, they just eat what every other animal in that species eats. We're the only species that gets to say, well, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to become vegetarian. I'm going to become vegan. I'm going to become a raw foodist. 
So we have that choice. And, you know, does the fact that we are so cruel have to do with our diet? I don't think so, but there are many people who do. Uh, I think it has more to do with our history. And, of course, it's learned. You know, we didn't always go to war as a species. We've been going to war only since we've had animal domestication and agriculture. Before that, there was no such thing as war. So you have to ask what happened. Well, a lot of things happened with the advent of animal domestication that really kind of doomed us to become the creatures we are. Now, you know, this is not to say that there are not people among us, you would be right up the top, John, who feel very differently, who don't go to war with one another and certainly don't want to hurt animals. And there are many people, many more every day who turn vegetarian or vegan and say, I want nothing to do with the exploitation of animals. I don't want to ingest them. I don't want to hurt them. And there's some who devote their lives to protecting elephants. Uh, and there certainly are no elephants that devote their lives to protecting humans. They don't create hospitals for humans. You know, So we're both, in a sense, the worst species and also the best. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to say yeah. con- congratulations to Pete in Spokane, Washington. He's getting a copy of your uh, book, Beasts, Jeffrey. Uh, so that's coming out to you, Pete. So enjoy this book because it's a great book and a great read. A lot of the topics and the subjects that we're talking about, of course, are covered in this book by Jeffrey Mason. And again, you can find it in bookstores. You can find it online. It's uh, called Beasts, and that's coming out to Pete in Spokane, Washington. Now, I want to ask you, though, um, diverting a little bit on here, Jeffrey, is, um, you know, when we talk about our dogs and when we, yeah. when, we have, when we have conversations about our dogs and we talk to people about our, the life of our dog and the way pets in general, basically, give us unconditional love, why don't we get that from human people these days? I mean, it just seems like they t- pe- people turn their back on us, for the most part, more so than pets do. Well, certainly than dogs. I w- I'm not sure I would use the word unconditional love for my cats. I mean, I love cats, and I have three cats at home. And I've I got two. Pleasure. But I'm not sure I would say that they experience unconditional love for me. It feels more conditional. You make yeah, the wrong move, sometimes. buddy. They look at me and say, "And I'll teach you." And they do. <laughs> you know, I, I no, I'll give you. Right. I'll give you that a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So we come to dogs, and it is a great mystery and a and a wonderful mystery that they do that because they do. And I mean, it, you just get examples of it every day. The other day, I you know stepped on my. I have a golden lab at home who was a guide dog and didn't quite make it because he was too gentle and friendly and easygoing. He likes rats and he likes mice and he likes birds and he likes humans and other dogs he's just i wrote a book about him called the dog who couldn't stop loving which is really true that's him he just can't and he's just a love bug and i did something by mistake stepped on his paw i think it was and he leapt in the air you suddenly saw a wild animal there you know as if he were fighting for his life and let out a yelp and then looked at me and realized of course you know it was like a moment when he was suddenly a wolf in danger. Somebody was attacking him. And then he looked at me and he said, oh, it's him. He made a mistake. And then he walks over and he licks my hand to show me no hard feeling. You know, it's extraordinary that, I mean, I've never seen Benji, this dog, angry. It's just not part of his vocabulary. Or the idea that he would have an enemy is not part of his vocabulary. I get angry, I have enemies, I get angry. By and large, dogs don't. 
I don't know. Yeah, no, and I, I wish more people were like that. Hold on to that, Jeffrey. We'll be right back. Jeffrey Mason, author of Beasts. You can find it in bookstores. You can find it online. You can go to jeffreymason.com as well. But right now, if you call at 877-807-4048, the number three caller is going to get a complimentary copy of the book called Beasts. Again, 877-807-4048. You're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Gansert, President and CEO of American Humane Association, the country's first national humane organization, here to tell you about our new show, Be Humane, on Pet Life Radio. Each week, we'll be bringing you the latest news and issues affecting our animal friends, and we'll also be bringing you interviews with Hollywood's biggest animal advocates, here to share tales about their pets and what they're doing to promote a more humane world. Our own highly experienced staff and friends of the organization will also join us each week to share what they're up to in the animal world. I hope you'll stop by. Until then, let's always remember to be humane. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> With this hour's Talking Pets news from the USA Today, here's your host, John Patch. On Navarra Beach, Florida, the Sea Turtle Conservation Center this month will begin the facility's expansion, including construction of a pool to house non-releasable sea turtles. The Pensacola News Journal reported Navarra Beach is home to endangered sea turtles that annually nest on its shore. Barry? In Anchorage, Alaska, a 52-year-old said his dog saved his life after a snowmobile crash left him injured in the woods. Otis Orth of Trapper Creek was rescued more than 24 hours after he crashed Sunday. In Washington Township, Michigan, KC, a dog missing since since last uh, month that was rescued on Monday several miles from land on the ice of Lake St. Clair by a U.S. Coast Guard crew has been reunited with his owners, Jody Bentrick and her father, David, of St. Clair Shores. In Ann Arbor, Michigan, the U.S. Department of Agriculture plans to review incidents involving animal research at the University of Michigan in the 2012-2013 academic year that included the accidental strangulation death of a baboon that was left unattended with a toy. In Lincoln, Nebraska, a woman has been accused of keeping her infant daughter in such filthy living conditions that there were roach eggs on the girl's feet. Elizabeth Roberts, 28 years old, was arrested following a search of her apartment on suspicion of drug use. The eight-month-old has been placed in protective custody. 
In Helena, Montana, a Blackfeet tribal member carrying a bison heart in a plastic bag was stopped outside Governor Bullock's office in the Capitol. James St. Goddard said he was protesting the killing of pregnant bison by the Nez Pierce tribe from Idaho. He was allowed to meet with the governor's office of Indian Affairs director. Yep, protest killing bison by carrying a bison heart. That's the way you do it. <laughs> in Salt Lake City, Utah, a bill to make cockfighting a felony instead of just a misdemeanor is a more for- is a moving forward in the legislature. Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Sewell. And I'm Stephen Bordwick. We welcome your calls and questions at 877-807-4048. We're speaking with Jeffrey Mason, the author of Beasts. Once again, you can find the book in bookstores. You can find it online. Uh, you can also go to jeffreymason.com and check out his website, and that's M-A-S-S-O-N.com, jeffreymason.com. Well, once again, check us out on uh, TalkingPets.com. You can watch us live on the webcam, and please join us on Facebook and Twitter. We're already at 20,000. We'd like to see 20,000 more, so please join the family. Once again, this is Talking Pets. you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Sibold. And I'm Stephen Bordwick. Don't forget, you can watch us live on the webcam at TalkingPets.com. No G in the talking. It's T-A-L-K-I-N Pets.com. TalkingPets.com. And please become one of our family members there on Facebook and Twitter. The icons are right there at the top of the homepage. You'll also see a banner on the news section of the homepage that uh, has the picture of the book Beasts by Jeffrey Mason. Uh, he is best-selling author of When Elephants Weep plus uh, 28 other books. Um, but you can check out this book, Beasts, by purchasing at a store near you. And we actually uh, gave a couple away. And uh, congratulations to Rob. Rob in Shelton, Washington is going to get one as well. And Jeffrey, Rob's got a pretty pertinent question, and I'm curious how you're going to answer this one because it, it deals with the ever so hot topic of religion so uh rob what, you got a question for jeffrey mason yeah jeffrey i want to preface this just by saying i love animals i'm sitting at the animal shelter parking lot right now because i go in and get my cat and dog fixed once a week but my question is how far would you take this as far as the love of animals the reverence for animals versus human beings you seem to be very anti-human when it comes to aggression and war, things like that, but if it came down to the survival of the earth and the animals and the survival of mankind between those two, would you choose man or animal? Well, hmm. you know, I hope it'll never come to that. Unfortunately, with what's happening in the world with climate change, it looks like we may all go down together. Um, yeah, sure, I have a species preference like every other animal. Um, I think if it was between, you know, my dog and my wife, I would choose my wife. But it would not be easy. It would not be easy. And I have to say that, you know, the reason I'm down on humans is also the theme of the book, that we seem to have uh, just gotten out of control when it comes to violence. You don't find in the natural world torture and um you know, the kinds of, of violent, especially, for example, genocide, nothing remotely like that. No elephant suddenly thinks I'm going to wipe out all other elephants. You know, no. we're the only <laughs> animal that does that. And, you know, Get them! Let me, let me just interject. You did portray some, I would say, false information about animals and aggression that they only kill to eat. 
That's absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they kill to protect their territory. They kill oh, well, because yes. there's strife, say, yeah. between a hippopotamus and an alligator. They will fight and they will kill each other. Lions will kill yeah. lions. Just to kill yeah, but it's extremely rare. You know, people say the hippopotamus is the most dangerous animal in Africa to humans, and that's, I mean, we're talking about a vegetarian animal, a herbivore, but that's only because they get hunted. You know, people go out and hunt them, so they defend themselves. And yes, of course, you're perfectly right. They will defend their territory. They will defend their young, but it's pretty rare. I mean, nobody attacks a full-grown elephant, so elephants never have occasion or extremely rarely will they attack uh, a member of another species only if that animal is attacking their baby. So it is, of course it happens, but it's so much rarer than among the human species. That we it are makes a different species. We are a different type of being altogether. We are a spirit, if you will, or consciousness indwelling an animal body. So we have two natures conflicting with one another. And yeah, unfortunately, okay. if we do not cultivate the higher nature, we revert to the animal nature. Well, see, I wouldn't call it animal nature. I wish we reverted to the animal nature, because the animal nature is much more peaceable than us. No, 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 By and large, they leave you. one another alone. They're indifferent to most other animals. And indifference in that case is a good thing, because they don't want to take anything away from them. And in that sense, I think that there are moral superior you know, there was a very great line in, in Friedrich Nietzsche, and he said, can we regard animals as moral beings? And then his answer was, do you suppose animals regard us as moral beings? And I don't know what animals think of our morality. I don't think anyone does, but I'm sure they find it a puzzle. Possibly. Now, you... just to, to bring the Bible into this really quick, you know, the, the book of John, the Revelator, the Revelation, speaks quite specifically about the end times and that the focus of man will be on the worship of nature and the creation rather than the creator. That there will be a time when animals are worshipped, when meat is discouraged, if not made, illegal to eat. And I so think you that, think we're at the end times, do you? I don't know. I do not know what the end time is. I'm saying that when it comes to that, the themes of of Gaia and the worship of the earth or the reverence of the earth above God is becoming prevalent and it's becoming a religion. And I'm just saying that you should be cautioned about some of your beliefs because they are, in fact, part of that movement. I'm not you know what I think is, you know, you know what I think is interesting, though? You know what I think is interesting? is like, uh, I disagree here. I'm an, I'm a, uh, I wouldn't call myself an atheist because I really don't know, but I certainly am a skeptic. And I believe possible. in being kind to other beings. I don't believe in worshiping anybody or any entity or any idea. I'm it depends on your definition of worship, though. Well, you know, I, I think about a reverence or a valuing of an animal above that it is supposed to be valued. You know, I think well, the whole basis, decides, the whole, the whole basis of this, wait, to be valued. That's that's just your judgment. I mean, if I see something in the Bible, to me, that's just another opinion. It may right. be interesting, and right. it may not be. So who is uh, to take the moral high ground, considering something like that? Are you morally superior because you believe animals are better than humans? You yeah. know, I think the whole... Poor, the <laughs> that, whole or that, that moral weight is on your side rather than mine. Wait, 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 Jeffrey, uh, Rob, uh, Barry wants to make a comment. Yeah, I here. just think the whole, you know, kind of the basis where I think it's getting a little bit deep here, if you will, but the whole the basis, <laughs> nothing's wrong with it, nothing's wrong with, nothing's wrong with it, but, you know, the the basis of the, the book from, from my understanding is that animals don't go, don't 
make a choice to, you know, there isn't a lion laying in the forest somewhere that says, hey, you know, I think I'm going to go pop a cap in the lion next door just because, you know, I just don't like the way he looks. Where oh, humans, we an do that. If an animal looks at another animal wrong in that sense, a male lion will kill another male lion just for getting close to it. I, I wouldn't say just for getting close no. to it. If you watch no, a pride, I mean, they'll, they'll, no, they'll no, kill no. another lion maybe because of um, territory. I mean, if uh, if, right. if another yeah. lion is trying to take over the pride, that would happen. But you would have to. That more times or not, the other the weaker one backs down. And right. Away they go. I mean, submissive that's will right. come into the play there. But you know, the thing is, though, Rob, is that I kind of look at it. And this is John, by the way. I kind of look at the conversation here, and I, I when you were talking about animals versus humans. I mean, I think for the most part, you can predict the behavior of an animal, whether wild or domesticated, for the most part. But all animals have their, their distinct personalities as well. I mean, you can't yeah, base a breed by a breed. I mean, you can't sure. say that collie is going to be like that other collie or that German Shepherd is going to be like that one. For the most part, it's true. They are. But there are differences in personalities in animals, just like yeah. in humans. But you're not going to see that much. And that's what Barry's saying. And I think Jeffrey and every, you know, in the conversation is that it's not something that they're going to go out there and, 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 and kill something just for the enjoyment of it or because they're wearing that diamond ring on their paw. Um, and you see a lot of that going on in the human behavior. I mean, Absolutely. I had, and I, I'm going to put it very well. I agree with you 100%. And the thing is, I mean, anybody's capable of that, and I'm not going to give the woman's name because she's very well known, but when O.J. Simpson killed, did those murders, someone that lives three doors down from O.J., uh, we were talking, and I said, do you think he did it? And she says, well, anybody's capable of doing anything in the human aspects in the right, in the right realm or the right behavior or the right circumstances. Same thing right. with me. When we had a storm coming through here, a hurricane a couple years ago, I, I was being evicted from my home, something that I tried to defend, my territory. I had a sure. policeman tell me I had to leave my home, and he told me that most likely my home would be broken into and, and robbed, vandalized. And I said, well, then I'm not leaving. And if someone steps their foot on my property, I will defend it no matter what it takes to do so. I am not that kind of behavior of a person. I'm probably the kindest and nicest person that you'll meet. But when someone, what I would call, and I'm going to use the term, a lowlife that doesn't want to work for a living or, or, or do what everybody else is trying to do to survive in the human aspect, comes into my territory to take something that I worked hard for, mm -hmm. I'm going to defend it. So the same thing in the animal world. They're, they're, they're docile. They're kind. They're not going to do anything. But, like you're saying, if something comes into their territory for whatever reason to take their pup or to take, you know, or to take over the pride, they're going to defend it. But they're not going to go looking for it. Well, but then again, if, humans if, go if looking for it. Over a pride, if a lion were to take over a pride, what's he going to do to the young of that lion he defeated? It's absolutely brutal. But you see a male lion go in there and start killing the cubs of that other lion. The same thing with polar bears. And there's some disgusting behavior in the animal world. But guess what? That's a law that they're following. It's a survival skill. If they didn't do things like that, the weak would start to mingle and the species would die. It's there for a reason. It is well, going to keep sure. strong as it's not. I mean, it's still not going to be like these guys in the safari club who want to go to Africa and shoot the, uh, an endangered... Uh, right, because, because they're stuff. given the opportunity to do that. we got to take a little break. Um, we'll be right back. Let us go out to a break. We'll be right back. Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Siebel. And I'm Stephen Bordwick. 877-807-4048. If you have an opinion, give us a call. 877-807-4048. And we're going to give away another copy of the book, so call right now, and it's yours. It's called Beasts by Jeffrey Mason. 877-807-4048. This is Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Yeah. 
Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson, music to your ears. Victoria Schaefer, aspiring actress, babysitter extraordinaire, college student, and animal enthusiast, is on her own for the first time in New York City. Follow Victoria and her two dogs, Rue and Echo, as she cares for her furry friends and juggles home life and career, all the while managing to survive in the world's most hectic city. The exciting animal adventures and secret stories from both ends of the leash that make up the tales of the city. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Siebold. And I'm Stephen Boardwork. The number to call is 877-807-4048. We have a copy of the book called Beast by Jeffrey Mason. What animals can teach us about the origins of good and evil? 877-807-4048. Call right now and the copy of the book is yours. 877-807-4048. Jeffrey, um, we lost Rob over the break, but... That was a pretty heated conversation there. Have you been hit with the, uh, you know, religion and God and everything always seems to come into, uh, you yeah, know, I, the conversation. I have, and what I always tell people is they should look at a wonderful, wonderful book called Dominion. And it's written from a Christian perspective, which is obviously not mine, but it's a beautiful book about animals. And um, Matthew Scully is the author. He was President Bush's speechwriter, and he writes like an angel. So I may not agree with his politics. I definitely don't agree with his religious stance. But boy, has he got some important things to say about animals. It's just beautifully written. I think everybody who reads it is just moved to tears. Jeffrey, what was the name of that book again? What was the name of that book again? Dominion. Dominion. All right. Yeah, you know, from the idea that God gave us dominion over every living creature. And he deals with that in such a wonderful way. He also has an unbelievably informative chapter on the Safari Club and the killing of these endangered animals by almost every president, including his president. They all join the Safari Club and go off and hunt animals on these canned hunts in Texas. It's utterly despicable, but he really nails it. He, gives, he tells it like it is in that book. I highly recommend it. You know, what do you think, actually, before we say goodbye, Jeffrey, this is something that's, that I've always kind of looked at this way, is that the way we view animals in terms of food, um, you know, there's not much, I mean, when we look at a cat, our cat, or our dog, which is our pet, we would never, at least most of us, <laughs> would never think of eating that animal. But we look at a cow in a pasture, or a pig in a pen, playing in the mud, or whatever, a chicken, um, and we have no problem in eating that. Yeah, that's the, that's the most profound disconnect 
in my opinion, in the human mind. That, you know, we, we, we pat our dogs, we put a fork into a chicken or a pig. And in <laughs> fact, pigs are very much like dogs in every possible way. I've, I've been to various sanctuaries, and I'll go for a hike in the mountains, and six or seven pigs will be following me. They love to follow you just the way a dog does. They wag their tail. They're, They're very intelligent. Very intelligent, very emotional. At night, they love to lie down right next to you. If you let them, they'd right, right into bed with you. They're wonderful creatures. And we just have this total mythology about them that makes us call people a pig. And, uh, you know, he's a hog, he's a pig, he's a swine. And, in fact, they're, they're gentle, loving, profoundly um, friendly animals. So we've done them a terrible disservice, and that's true of actually every animal that we eat. And I hate to say it, John, but in the end, I couldn't find any excuse for eating animals, and I had to give it up. So when I wrote When Elephants Weep, right after writing that, I became a vegetarian. And then I wrote a book. Uh, I started because I was looking at the emotions of, reg of, of wild animals, and someone urged me to, to use the same research and examine the emotional lives of farm animals, so cows and pigs and chickens and sheep and goats and ducks, and I did. And in the end, I realized that they had exactly the same emotions, not only that other wild animals have, but that we have. They're capable of friendship and love and empathy, and especially they can suffer and feel sorrow and misery and unhappiness and sadness. So at that point, I thought, I just can't drink milk anymore, I can't eat eggs. Uh, so I became a vegan. And it wasn't easy, but it seemed to me the morally right thing to do. Well, Jeffrey, you know I love you, and uh, once again, I, I, I applaud you on a great book, Beast. I mean, of course, it's going to be controversial to people out there. I mean, anytime you talk about anything, you open up your mouth these days, and controversy comes out. That's so, right. you know, you know what they say about opinions. So, uh, <laughs> they're out there, but you know, it is what it is, and you know, um, it's a great book called Beast by Jeffrey Mason. What animals can teach us about the origins of good and evil? Jeffrey, I want to thank you for spending the hour with us. It's a great pleasure, and I, and I always wish you the best. Well, thank you, John. It's been wonderful talking with you. Thanks, Jeffrey. As usual. Okay. Bye-bye. That's Jeffrey Mason, the author of Beasts. You can find it in bookstores. You can find it online. But like I said, if you call right now, we're going to give a copy away. 877-807-4048. Again, that's 877-807-4048. Call and a copy is yours. Once again, that's Jeffrey Mason, the author of When Elephants Weep. Now he's got the book out called Beasts, What Animals Can Teach Us About the Origins of Good and Evil. You know, it's interesting because, Barry, I can see... I can see where Rob's coming from and Shelton. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I can see, of course, where Jeffrey's coming from. And there's two sides to every story. And that's the way everything yeah, goes. Yeah, both of them had really, really strong points. I, it was it was a good good uh, debate. Right, and that's just it. And people are going to believe what they want to believe or what they want to take in. Oh, yeah. And that's just the way it is. Um, you know, but and I, and I can see Rob's points of view. And I, I definitely could see Jeffrey's points of view, too. So, But it's a great book. And, and it makes you think. And that's what a book is all about. It's supposed to make you think. I haven't. Thunk that hard in long time. Quite a while. Yeah, I yeah. know you, you got riled. You were like, I want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. Hey, before we say goodbye for this hour, I want I don't want you to forget that electric bug zappers are still out there. You know, I got a bunch of them, and we're selling them for $19.99 plus uh, shipping and handling. Barry was out in my yard doing 
Jeffrey wouldn't was, like you. I was playing. <laughs> yeah. No, because he said we didn't learn anything from ants, and I was playing with ants. Yeah, he was. He was yeah. zapping ants out in my front yard. It's um, And it works. I mean, right? Yeah. It's a bug zapper. You can order one if you want. Nineteen ninety nine plus shipping and handling. It's uh, 888-877-0490. I recommend it. And right now, it's the spring, and I've got three parrots, and their, their fruit and vegetables are already spawning uh, fruit flies, and which take over my home. And I don't know what it is like in the spring, the bananas and stuff. Kind of odd when you think that you're eating a banana and that bug is in there somewhere. But, you know, these bugs come out and this zapper, this electric bug zapper, zaps them. It kills them. It's, really, it's, got, it's like a wand. It looks like a, I thought it was a tennis racket. It looks like a tennis racket. Yeah. And it works really well. It's kind of fun to run around your yard on a Saturday <laughs> night if you have nothing else better Zapping to do. bugs. Yeah. <laughs> Neighbors might think you're crazy. Yeah, well. 888-877-0490. Very true. 888-877-0490 or you can check out mycoolgadgets.com that's the website it's on there and it's electric bug zapper 1999 plus shipping and handling so order yours I've got mine I'm John Patch I'm Barry Sewell and I'm Stephen Boardwork Spay and to your pets help control that pet population and a big thank you to Jeffrey Mason the author of Beasts once again thanks for joining us in this hour and we have another book to give away so call in at yours 877-807-4048 Bye for now. Talk to you again very soon. Don't forget to check out TalkinPets.com. There's some information on there. T-A-L-K-I-N Pets.com. No G in the talking. And please join us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at about 20,000 now. We'd like to see 20,000 more. So please be part of our family. Thanks for joining us in this hour of Talking Pets. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.